Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. I'm your DJ, Doris, and today I have a Movies by Minute veteran on the line. Let me introduce you to my guest today. It's Jerry Porter from the Indiana Jones Minute. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Doris. It's, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. So, Jerry, you're a musician, so I'm hoping for a little bit of insight today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be happy to help if I can. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into it and see what happens. <laughs> okay, so our song today is The Book of Love by the Monotones, which was recorded, if my research is correct, in February of 1958. Jer, what do you think of the song? I think, I mean, this is a fantastic song. This is a classic. I know for the, the, you know, the monotones, this was kind of a one hit for them, right? It's a one hit wonder, yeah. Yeah, I feel like saying, well, hence the name, monotones. But they, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's, it's, I mean, I, I grew up with this song, not in 1958 or whatever, but it was ever present on the oldies radio station that you know I, I would listen to and and i had the soundtrack to stand by me and i i think this may have been on there if it wasn't it was certainly it was it was uh, i believe in the movie or featured is around all that type of nostalgia stuff and you'd hear this song on the radio all the time it was in the oldies stations but i you know i listened to a lot of classic rock growing up and playing the drums um along with that and i, I just whatever was on the radio i would play along to and this song was was always on the radio and it was it was really fun to play to that's how i first got to know it it is a very nostalgic song for me as well I mean, I've already uh, told in, in episodes before that I had the soundtrack to American Graffiti before I ever watched the film, and I had it on repeat for a couple of years during my very early teenage years. I can certainly see why. I mean, it's it's a it's a terrific collection of great fifties or uh, this type of song, doo wop, early rock and roll, whatever we want to say. So, from a musician point of view, is there anything noticeable about the song? Absolutely. I mean, one of the first things I noticed listening to this is that the I wonder, wonder whom, you know, the hook, or Mm -hmm. I I guess, I I was wondering, I guess that's the chorus, I guess. You know, the song is so simple, and yet what's fascinating is it's like you get to hear that hook. It's something like eight times. You know what I mean? It's which is mm-hmm. way more than you normally would on a, a say a pop song or a regular pop or rock song, whatever you want to say. It's like they they just bludgeon you with it, but you keep asking <laughs> for more because <laughs> it's so great. And I'm trying to think. It's just it comes up like seven or eight times at least, and. It doesn't seem like too much. Every time it rolls around, they have a very short verse, and then they're back at it, and then another very short verse, and they're back at it, and then they have like a B section or whatever, you know, and then and then they're back at it. And it's unbelievably simple and very well done. And um, that's one of the first things I noticed about it. I think it's like two minutes and 34 seconds long. It is very short, yeah. And they still sing that with the, you know, boom, boom, doom. They still have that like eight times in two minutes and 34 seconds. So yeah, it's pretty incredible. I'm not sure if it's correct what I read about it, but the part uh, I read is from a ball being kicked to a garage door outside the studio. 
I saw that. Like they were they were writing a song. Obviously, they they were um you know one of the main guys was sort of inspired by it was a Pepsi a Pepsodent commercial. A Pepsodent commercial. Yeah, I have not seen that commercial. Of course, toothpaste. Well, yes. you must have had groovy toothpaste in the fifties. <laughs> I actually watched it, and and, and it's it's all right there. The the opening hook. They have a regular commercial, and then the, the little Pepsodent tagline at the end begins. They go, I wonder, and then it's like, where does the yellow go when you use Pepsodent? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and they didn't get sued for copyright infringement. Well, then, it's obviously. just, what's, what's interesting is I think it's just the opening, like, the, like it's like the two, the first two notes and the, like the rhythm or the cadence of it. It's like, I wonder, and then, and then the Pepsodent commercial goes off into a different melody. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Wow, that's really interesting. It's like they they the the first two notes are this hook from a toothpaste ad, <laughs> and they turned it into their hook or chorus. And you can totally see the song. You know, the Book of Love is different than the Pepsi and commercial, but you're like, no, they really bit they really bit it, and then and then turned it into something else. So it's but it's all right there. And like a good commercial, it stays with you. It yeah, hooks you in, right? Which is what they were thinking. I mean, it clearly stuck with the monotones. <laughs> and then they said, while they were rehearsing that song, or they're kind of flushing it out, somebody kept hitting a ball against the wall near their rehearsal spot, right? It's really interesting that, that's, that it's this punctuation on what to me sounds like a 20-inch bass drum, like which is kind of a... Maybe even an 18-inch bass drum, which is a smaller, by today's standards, it would be a smaller bass drum, but was not uncommon back then, or for Motown or doo-wop, things from the 50s, the 60s. On a drum set, they'd frequently have a 20-inch bass drum, and it's really, it's smaller, and so it's really punchy. Mm -hmm. And so that's the very first thing I thought of when I heard, you know, when they do that you know, you're like, oh, that sounds like a 20-inch kick. <laughs> yeah, it is certainly a kick. That it is. This song, of course, underlines a very special scene in the film. We start out seeing the last of Kurt after being kicked out of the car, and then it moves over to the drive-in, and we see uh, John and Carol parked. And John is buying a Coke for Carol because Carol is stalling. She doesn't want to be going home. And she demanded that John buy her a Coke first because of, before he drives her home. And um, he is clearly at the end of his wits with her. He is really angry by now. Mm-hmm. He offers her the, the 10 cent. Ten cent. Here is your Coke. Drink it. <laughs> Let's go home. I, I want to get rid of you. And of course, she is hoping that her friends will see her with the cool guy. I, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Like that because the commodity or the value is being seen with them. And so she's kind of like, yeah, she's kind of like, well, hold up, hold up. Like that's really what she wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all, even, even Terry, um, he always mentions John. So John seems to be the cool guy in town. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the one to be seen with. Well, it's it's interesting. He's the cool guy in town for sure, the one to be seen with. But he's also the guy who never left and who will never leave. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 he's a very interesting figure that way. And you wonder how does he feel about that? Like, is is he at the height of coolness now, right here? Is this is this the apex of his coolitude? Probably. I don't Although know. He, Maybe he kind of he kind of already is a little bit nostalgic about the past, right? 
Yeah, we do not know how exactly how old he is. He's in his 20s. He's a little older than the others. And he's always reminiscing about, you know, music died when Buddy Holly died. And five years ago, you could pick up a girl every half block. And now it's just, poof, you gotta drive all night, basically. <laughs> so he sounds very like an old man. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He, he, I mean, he does certainly compared to some of the other characters, and and it's it's interesting his choice to stay and how he sounds like an old man, and also how everybody knows in town thinks of him as the cool guy. Uh, you know, and and that contrasting with um, that your last night before you embark on a journey or leaving the place that you're from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's not gonna leave. He is the one being left behind by the others. But now that's what's interesting. Is he? I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. It, I mean, that there's a natural sense to feel that he is the one being left behind, but I wonder if that's the way he sees it. Some people who just stay where they are, they're like, no, this is me. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. Why would I, why would I go somewhere else? This is who I am right here. Yeah, he's, he's already established. I mean, he has right. a job. He's working in repairing, um, Motors, cars, bicycles, whatever. Um, we have this guy coming up to the window and asking if he can bring his Mopar to be fixed. So uh, John definitely is already in the grown-up world. The others are just trying to enter that one. Absolutely. And he's known. Like, it's, you know, he's mm -hmm. sitting there, a guy comes right up, and he's like, hey, man, would you mind? You know. Yeah. So as you said, he's, he's, he's established. Yeah. So kind of John is like... He's very nostalgic about the 50s. And Carol, to me, I mean, she's already a little girl, or just a little girl. She's just on the brink of, of, of growing up. When she is growing up, when she is the age that John is in that scene, it will be the late 60s and the 70s show. Carol is a totally new generation. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think in the scene it shows. Yeah, she's, she's feisty. She's feisty, and she talks differently than the other characters. To me, she's already... It shows that she will be the late 60s person. She'll probably be a hippie at one point. Yeah, yeah She's the I one who's that. into the surf music, whereas John says, Ugh, like the surfing. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's... I don't know. She's... I, I, that's, I mean, that's... Uh, you bring up a good point, kind of a generational thing, mm -hmm. and how different it may turn out. There's something... I mean... She's not, I mean, I know she's fronting with her friends, you know what I mean? And she just wants to be seen in that sense. But there, there is something so, I don't know, sort of pure about her own, her own volition. I mean, she, she's, she's rather fearless. She is. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, she certainly knows who she is at this stage. Yeah. And she's not afraid to ask for, I, I mean, uh, uh, you know, t in terms of, uh, she wants to stick around, she sticks around. Mm -hmm. And then she gets mad and she gets out. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying she's not affected by, of course, she wants, uh, she wants to be picked back up and jumps back, <laughs> jumps back in the car <laughs> at the first chance. But, yeah. uh, I mean, well, the circumstances where she jumps back, um, it is kind of a creepy situation that she's got herself into there. Yeah, it's true. There are, there's this, uh, car full of guys who are catcalling her, clearly seeing that she is very, very young. And I find it a little bit disturbing, I have to say, watching it now, the way they um, kind of call to her. 
Yeah, it's 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 actually well done because it is. Mm. They're all like kind of hanging out the side with their arms sort of outstretched, and I, it, it is. It's a little. It, it's scary in a way. Yeah, from the point bit. of view, I see it differently than when I watched it the first time, of course. But uh, it's there's a danger there. She's left. I mean, you you know that this dude is. You know, this guy's. He's safe, and she's in his car. And as long as she's in his car, he's she's safe. And he's responsible. I mean, he's really yeah. treating her like a big brother. Absolutely. And so when you get out and you push it away, I mean, right there is their own sort of metaphor for different themes in the movie. But, you know, she jumps out and she probably isn't supposed to be out on the street. She's no longer in the safe place. And it, yeah, the world can be a frightening. It can be a, it can be a dangerous place or at least a place with a lot of well, you don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. You see that she's kind of hunched up. She's trying not to make eye contact with the other guys, but she notices when John pulls up behind her and then she starts to smile. Yep. Yeah. And if she had planned it like that, it had it has worked out for her. <laughs> She's back in the car. That's where she wants to be. Why do you think uh, you know, the directors, the writers chose Book of Love for this scene? Hmm. Well, what kind of breaking up? <laughs> I don't know. To me, the lyrics of the song kind of contradict what we see. I mean, who who has that song going on in their their life as we're watching? Well, like who who every, is the everyone song? Everyone who's listening to the radio. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's their true. Life. Yeah, breaking up. It's more like Steve, Steve and Laurie. Yeah. They're going through the motions. Right and it's now. it's a but it's a double check. Is it like you know? And Jack, before you break up, just give her one more chance. Yeah, it's it's also kind of um, the scene before with Kurt and Wendy, where it's Wendy trying to give Kurt another chance, but he doesn't take it. Yeah, it, it kind of feels disconnected from actually what we see in the scene, and that makes it interesting because it's it's the other couples who would fit those lyrics much more. I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, another fascinating thing about this song, again, maybe not necessarily, it might not be that out in terms of when you listen to doo-wop, but there's no solo. That's all the, the group. There's no solo. Yeah. yeah it's it's like, there's basically two and a half or three parts to the song, and they just do those over and over. But there's there's no, you know, not even like a little piano solo or there's a guitar or something. You know, there's just no, you know, sort of interlude of, of just once. You know what I mean? It has this very driving rhythm and just yep. pushes through. And it's re I listen to it closely. Like, the snare drum is a very interesting sound. It's not, it's, it's kind of like, it almost made me wonder, like, whoever played on this or whatever drums they were using... Like, it's, it's almost like they're hitting a piece of paper. It's like a very slack-sounding snare. It's not high, uh, higher-pitched. It's, it's not really punchy in the sense that a snare might crack. It's got a little bit more of a splatch sound to it. And so it made me wonder, like, I don't know. I don't know what they're playing. It sounds, it sounds like whoever's playing it might be using brushes. Or at least, you know, brushes mm -hmm. like, which you, 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 which I guess makes sense against for that time. But it's very, it's out of, it's a very interesting drum tone. Kind of the rhythm of the street at night for me. Yeah, very driving for sure. Mm. Jerry, what do you think of the couple that actually talks to John at the drive-in? You know, to me, they seem kind of, they seem pretty put together. To me, they looked like middle-aged couple trying to dress up as teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sometimes happens in these movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's wearing his college jacket, but he's also wearing a tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I can see that for sure. They do. They did. That's why I said established. And by established, I meant they're like, you know, like 38. Yeah, <laughs> they look like 38 to me. But John hasn't met Linda before, so maybe she's actually a new girlfriend. It's quite possible. This might, they I might, think his he might, name be is on Al. His, might be on his second marriage. <laughs> it certainly looks like they do look like a married couple. But I get this feeling a lot when I look at photos from, from the 1950s and 60s. People are teenagers. They looked so old. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, because they were made up like grown ups. Mm -hmm. And they did look so old. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, it's, it's the opposite old people trying to look younger. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Would you have punched an older person when they were like, while well, I'm doing the babysitting here? I, you know, I would not have. And that's kind of where, you know, I, I said she really is kind of, you know, she wears her emotions on her sleeve. And uh, no, I would not have done that. <laughs> and she does. I think she does it twice. And she's in his car. She's in his car and she calls him a spaz creep. Which, which to me is, that is not the words we were using back then. Of course, I wouldn't know. I'm much too young to know that. But this is what I think makes Carol, for me, is like, she's the hippie. She is no longer the rock and roll person. She is the next one. Well, and he's not a creep. That is the thing. John is everything but a creep in this movie. So after this scene, I mean, does he go and kind of uh, search for her? That's what happens? Yeah, he, he drives along the, the strip and picks her up again. He's like, I gotta figure. So, what is what is he doing here? Trying to trying to protect his reputation as being the cool guy who gets the good girls. Mm -hmm. Of course, it is for him. It is totally embarrassing to be seen with a, a real teenager. Right, right. Why does he? What does he see as important here with Carol? That he 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 kind of goes the the extra mile. Like she gets out of his car, and he could just be like, <laughs> Yeah, thank God. But he doesn't do that. I mean, he has a soft spot for her, and and he does have a, a you know a, a big brother vibe, or actually older cousin vibe, and and he yeah. he, he does care about her. And what do you, I, I'm wondering, what is that about? Where do you think? Do you, I mean, do, does he? What do you think is is at the root of that? Interesting. I don't know, but he is a responsible person, even though he is a racer. Um, he comes across as, as the responsible one. Well, he's yeah, he's edgy and he's dangerous, but he's got a heart. Only of with gold. the right people. Yeah, only with the yeah. right exactly. Only with people who are on his level. Exactly. And yeah. so that's what makes him sexy. Mm -hmm. He has this protector vibe about him. And he's he's in charge of all the scenes in a way. I mean, he's he's in command. He's in control of these things until the end. I mean, not spoilers, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, he he's the cool guy. Everybody knows he rescue. You know, he rescues Carol, picks her up. You know, he but but he she doesn't get. And I don't know. It's interesting. It's just interesting. He. I guess in a way she does get what she wants to some extent. She gets around riding with him. She gets maybe seen by Dee Dee, her yeah. friend, at the drive-in. Maybe she'll be the talk of junior high or middle school the next day. And she has an, an adventurous evening. Yes. And she, well, he drives her home. She gets home all right. She is not part of the, the phase in, in the movie at the end when things start to go awry. 
So, Jer, as someone who lives in California, is cruising still a thing? Well, there are places where it sure as hell is. I mean, I, I live in Los Angeles, and um, as any good Angelino will know, if you go to Bob's Big Boys in Burbank on Friday night, starting about, it's like maybe five or six on a Friday, every Friday, it's all of this stuff. It's cruising like American graffiti. There might be like really? 50 wow. to 200 old-fashioned cars that show up, and it, it looks like it's right out of the film. I mean, it's you see all sorts of all sorts of old classic cars and people Maybe sitting out there. Maybe it was inspired by that. <laughs> They're all just reenacting it. Every I mean, time. It, it's not. If you go there, it's it. That's I, I I can see it. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of Mel's drive-ins, of course. There's there's like one in uh, there's one in Hollywood and there's one kind of on your you know I guess West Hollywood slash Beverly Hill like but right before you get to Beverly Hills and and it, it's it's all this vibe. But the Bob's Big Boy. I mean, it's there's a cruising thing with like people sitting outside, hamburgers, great shakes. They have terrific shakes and malts, and and people kind of sit there and just ogle cars and just hang out. But they do not have window service anymore, right? You uh, have to get your stuff yourself. I don't know. There, there's a well. I'm not sure about that. It's interesting. Out where all the cars are, there is an outdoor window that you can... It's like there's a regular restaurant with a counter, super old-timey. And then in the back, where all the cars are hanging in the parking lot, there is like a back window that you can go up to. I don't know if there's somebody who comes to your car window anymore. But there are places where they do that. There are places here where they do that. I haven't I haven't been to one in a bit. Well, we never had that here when uh, the drive-in swapped over the pond to us. It was just drive up to the window, pick your order up. Yeah, it has uh, never been like that here. And it looks kind of, I mean, if you have to eat in your car, that is the stylish way to do it. They even have real cutlery. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's not a plastic culture yet. And of course, the, the servers on their um, roller skates, they look so stylish. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. It's a its a vibe. The Bob's Big Boy thing, I would encourage anybody to go. It's actually really cool. So in Burbank. Mm -hmm. in, in Burbank. So I'm going to note yep. that the next time I am in California, which will probably be years from now, <laughs> if it's still around then. But it, have, it has lasted that long, so. Okay, Jer. What else have you been up to lately? Ah, uh, well, you know, living living my best pandemic life, keeping things kind of, uh, you know, kind of, you know, small, a small world, a larger virtual world, but a small actual, you know, in-person world. I sell drums and cymbals. And so I've been, you know, I've been doing a lot of that because everybody's at home. A lot of people are online. I have an online business where I sell drums and cymbals. And so that actually has been keeping me pretty busy because, the, you know, because everybody's at home and online or they now have time to go and shed drums in their basement. They want to get more cymbals or more snare drums or whatever. So I, I've actually been pretty busy just with my online business. And it's it's. It's interesting. I, I sell mostly symbols, high end and vintage, and um, I've seen almost every symbol. <laughs> there is the C, yeah. I've been doing it a long time, so a lot, a lot of very interesting symbols. And well, Jer, um, in case anyone listening now is interested in getting a symbol, where would they find you? Why, of course, they should go to Hazel Should. Dot com. It's H-A-Z-E-L-S-H-O-U-L-D 
com. I'm uh, also going to be re uh, one of the things I'm doing is sort of the website's up and it's been up for a while, but uh, I'm going to be moving things to a different platform, you know, in the next month or two, but still selling slinging cymbals. So anyone who'd like to upgrade their drum game, contact Jerry Porter. And of course, you're still busy podcasting yourself with the other guys from the Indiana Jones Minute. With the other guys from Indiana Jones Minute, we, um, as you know, Doris, first of all, thank you for being with us for <laughs> low these <laughs> many years. from the beginning. <laughs> yes, literally. Literally. We're, we're, I swear to God, we're like, there's a woman who listens to this? <laughs> you were very, very, very early on. We've, we've covered Raiders of the Lost Ark, A Minute at a Time, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, and then we got about halfway, halfway. through Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and we took uh, what we like to call a fermata. It's <laughs> been quite it, a, it, it has. a long one. It's been a year. You've been holding this fermata it, for a long time. Uh, it's true. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but we actually have started recording again. Interesting. Yes, we have started We're recording again. We're teasing here. Yes, yes. I always knew we were going to finish Crystal Skull, and we are. And then we're going to do Indy 5, if it kills us. If it ever happens. (laughs) (laughs) So, listeners, when you hear this episode, these new Indiana Jones podcast episodes should be out. In the meantime, we've been enjoying you on Anything Goes. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think the three of you, you've been busy guesting on other podcasts as well. You've been doing the best days of our lives. We did do that, yeah. Uh, Jim O'Kane's project, which is a lot of fun. He he organizes all sorts of uh, really great and classic movies and then, ha- you know, a, a assembles a, you know, a, a cast of people to come on and do a different week or different episodes. And it's really interesting. All right. So if you want to go uh, and find out more about the Indiana Jones Minute, Just Google the Indiana Jones Minute. You know where to find Jerry and his shop. And if you want to interact more with us and talk about American graffiti, you can come and visit us on Facebook in our listeners group, Mel's Listener Drive-In. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at VCR Privileges. And yeah, well, Jer, it's been great. Uh, It's been my pleasure. uh, Been my pleasure talking with you Doris and and uh, it's really fun that you guys chose such a great movie there's so much here so there much in this movie so much here yeah. yeah it's really really fun and I, I love the way you guys have set it up like a song at a time <laughs> this is the way to go it is it's really <laughs> yeah. smart this is the way to quote another very <laughs> tangential George Lucas thing Jer have a great day yes most certainly and uh, keep drumming that I will great to have you on Thank you so much, Dora. He's really fast, isn't he?